All right, Joe. Well, welcome back to the podcast. Glad you're here. Hope you had a good summer. It's been several weeks, I guess, uh, almost a couple months since we've talked. So uh, anything exciting happened this summer if we've missed each other? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, summer's more of a concept than a reality in Scotland. So, uh, you know, we, we dream about summer and everyone's followed up here. So right now, right now, we've got a beautiful summery day. Um, <laughs> so not a whole lot to report. Uh, it's been restful. It's been fun. Um, but it's great to be back and doing this again. Good. Well, I uh, I wanted to. I saw a statistic uh, the other day that told me something about what you did this summer, Joe. I want to let you know that I know one thing for sure Uh-oh. that you did this summer, and this one thing I know actually affected maybe your devotional life. And this is ultimately what I want to talk about for this episode and the next two episodes. I want to talk about the devotional lives of men and maybe guys that are stuck in a stale devotional life, how to break through a stale devotional life. Uh, But this stat that I saw, it's like, oh man, this affected all of us this summer. And here it is, that every day you come across 10,000 advertisements. Each and every one of us every day come across 10,000 advertisements. So Joe, that means that this summer you saw over a half a million advertisements. So really what I want to know is how did you have time to do anything else this summer? But look at that. Uh, that, that you know, that's a, actually, it's, it's a horrifying thought. And um, yes. I think I'm going to go through my next few days just trying to count these things. But I don't know if I can count to 10,000. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I know I live in a world of perpetual distraction. Now I think I know maybe why. <laughs> yes. So part of what I want to uh, address here for this first episode, helping guys break through a stale devotional life is our attention and how easily we get distracted as men and how that plays into our devotional lives. So let's just talk a little bit about what uh, what we as humans today in the modern day struggle with, with our attention being stolen from us. Hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, it starts with the fact that I don't think we really feel like it's being stolen. I think when we think about our attention, how I think about my attention, it reminds me of just the kind of spare change that sits around my, my kitchen countertop. Okay. And uh, I love spare change. And I always have. And the reason why is I feel like I can spend it on anything and it's never wasted. Like spare change has no purpose other than being spent. And so I just, I throw it in frivolous directions. You know, I'll buy something from the gas station, something like that. Um, and I think when it comes to attention, we just feel like, you know, there's stuff that matters. Um, you know, sometimes if you're at work and you're getting through your task list, but when it comes to attention, um, it's just the spare change of the mind. And so if you waste it on advertisements, if you waste it on YouTube, who really cares? It's not good for anything anyway. And, uh, I think that's the kind of mindset that a lot of us have. Yeah, I really don't like the distinction you made there because that places the blame on me. I I like to think that people stole my attention, not that I (laughs) gave it away (laughs) intentionally to others. You know, I think, uh, man, especially you want to strike fear into the eyes of a man. Go up and ask him if you can look at his phone log, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Because then you get to see where all of your attention went over the past 24 hours. And I'd love for someone to look at my phone log and say, oh, they, they stole it. You know, I, I, that's right. Man, that's right. I don't know. <laughs> but the honest truth is we're very generous with our attention, right? We just will gladly give it away at different times. Yeah. Unbelievably generous. <laughs> um, you know, all it takes is that next YouTube video of some guy trying to dangle from like his, you know, windowsill and you know, falling outside onto the back garden or something. And like, we're, we're there. So, I mean, 
um, you know, we, we chase every piece of clickbait. And like you said, I think the most horrifying thing, I mean, whether it's what you've been watching on YouTube, whether it's how many times you've checked email in a single day. Mm. Um, I mean, these type things, uh, we don't even have to show anybody. We're ashamed just to think about somebody peering into that part of our heart. Yeah. So I guess one question we need to ask to start this off is, is how did we get here? Because we all know, I mean, guys know it's not a new thing for us to tell guys, hey, you struggle with your attention. You struggle giving your attention away to too many things. But but how, how can we, if we take a step back, how can we say, how did we get here? Yeah, I think this is one of these things where we have to recognize there really is something new about the world we live within. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can honestly say that up until a couple hundred years ago, there was only one institution in the history of the world that was interested in people's attention. And that was the church. You know, the church mm-hmm. thought it mattered where you placed your mind, but nobody else was really com- competing for that attention. And really it goes back to early newspapers and this, this realization that people had that instead of selling newspapers, instead of the newspaper being the commodity, that if you could get enough people to read the newspaper, now you had their attention and you could sell that. You could sell that to companies and you could advertise. And so you could make money off of gathering and keeping people's attention. And that was relatively limited, you know, when it was just like newspapers. But then you add radio and you add television and you add the internet and you add the iPhone. And what's happened in the last 15, 20 years is now companies can access our attention every moment of every day, such that you reach this ridiculous point where a few years ago, Netflix was trying to figure out, well, where, where is people's attention? Where have we not yet colonized their attention? And, and they said, sleep. And so, you know, this active attempt to keep people from sleeping because they want the attention as much as they can possibly get of it. And uh, that's a new that's a new kind of phenomena. And that's why we've got to realize that we've got to be careful as Christians because this affects us. Yeah. Yeah. You look at the just the progression over time and what used to be you, if you rewind, you know, 50, 100 or 500 years ago, um, there was a scarcity, you could say, in information. Like there's right. just not as much information available to the average person. Uh, now we don't have a scarcity of information whatsoever. Like we, okay, we know the world didn't flat. You know, we know like there's just these, all these things we know way more than, uh, than maybe uh, in past. But uh, the thing that's scarce uh, is our attention. And that's where right. the marketers come in. Wherever there is scarcity, there will be a market. And that's why yeah, things like Netflix are vying for even our sleep time and <laughs> because they will take yeah. every moment we have. And so that's something we've got to recognize. But OK, again, why does it matter? So what does this matter to our spiritual lives then uh, as we as men say, OK, yes, this I see it. My attention is being you know, vied for. It's a market. But why does it matter spiritually? Yeah, I think that's that's a really good question because, I mean, everybody realizes at this point that uh, that people are after our attention. I think again, going back to that change analogy, the issue is: does it really matter or not? Is it spare change or is it something significant? And it is significant. I think what guys need to think about is the way that there's a connection between what we pay attention to and what we ultimately care about. Mm. And it's interesting because in English we have this term "paying attention." And, uh, you know, that's really insightful because what happens is every time you know, you're paying attention to something, it's like you're investing a little bit of your heart in that thing. In fact, I would love, guys should do an experiment. Um, if you take something that you think, I don't care at all about this thing, uh, you know, maybe it's like curling at the Olympics, right? Who cares about curling? 
I but, love curling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In your spare time. I didn't know this about you. Evan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, curling or like bird watching, which most guys probably aren't doing. But if you actually stop and if you start investing attention, you start reading articles and you start noticing what happens is you will find yourself more curious, more interested and caring more. It'll mm. become a hobby. You know, do it enough. It'll become a passion. Do it enough and it'll be an idol. And uh, this is true with anything. It's true with uh, your favorite sports team. It's even true with your, you know, your children, which we're called to love. It's a good thing to invest your attention. But uh, we've just got to realize is if you ask the question, why do I love the things I love? Hmm. The reason is you, whether you've realized it or not, you've been paying attention to these yes. things in a special way for a long time. And so that's where it matters. It directs yeah. our love. That's interesting. Yeah. And I definitely am very familiar with the phrase paying attention, never necessarily thought of it in that way that you're, you know, paying <laughs> there. Uh, but there's another phrase that I've heard you use actually several times that caused calls to mind a more spiritual approach. I believe to this, and that's, you've talked in the past about stewarding your attention. Yeah. What's, so do, how does that play into our spiritual lives, paying attention, stewarding our attention? What does that even mean? Yeah. Um, you know, stewardship is something that I hope guys have heard before. You know, we, we often hear about like stewarding your money, um, that that's an important mm-hmm. part yes. of discipleship. Um, we maybe hear about, you know, that your children, that really they belong to the Lord, that you're called to raise them as disciples. There's kind of stewardship that comes in that relationship. But what's strange is we've not yet connected the dots between the importance of attention Mm -hmm. and the way that that too is a, a spiritual resource. It's a gift that we have to steward in a way that honors God. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I think what, what guys really need to think about rather than the spare change analogy, like that, this is something that doesn't matter. We actually have to realize is that our attention does matter, um, that actually our attention can be invested well. Um, you know, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Mm, so yes. rather than just squandering it, saying, how can I direct my attention? So over time, I love the things that are worthy of my heart. Mm. I love the things that God says have significance and value. You know, that's what guys need to be thinking about when they take up this idea of stewarding their attention. I like that. And I like even just that turn there instead of saying paying attention, investing your attention. I like how you even phrase that. I think that uh, does make us maybe realize a little bit more of uh, the onus that falls on us and where are we placing our attention. But so now uh, let me ask you then, uh, what what benefits could a guy get from taking the effort to steward his attention, being a, an attention steward? What what spiritual benefits or what benefits in your life period uh, will guys see if they do this? Yeah. Uh, what was great is, you know, just thinking about the Bible, uh, there are a lot of passages you can turn to that demonstrate the importance of stewarding the mind, uh, which includes stewarding the attention. So, you know, one of the things that one of the ones that we often go back to, back to in, in uh, cross training is, is just Psalm one, because there's that picture of two different people. And one is like the tree uh, bears fruit in its season. Um, you know, it's able to withstand wind. It's able to withstand drought. Uh, another is just like the chaff or a leaf that's blown around by every wind. And, uh, you know, the difference that, uh, that the psalmist acknowledges between these two types, it boils down to the man who's like a tree meditates on the word of God day and day and night. So in other words, he's paying attention to what he's paying attention to, and he's paying attention to the truth of God. And so if a man asks himself the question, do I want to be like a tree or do I want to be a leaf? I think I know what the answer is. Uh, The psalmist indicates that it's going to be stewarding your attention, meditating on God's word that's going to make the difference. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think we can all as men step back and say, I want to be the kind of guy who can think deeply, can can think critically, can can you know really ponder uh, on the Word of God. But um, but we fail to connect the dots. A lot of us uh, see that uh, okay, you can either be a tree that's deeply rooted or the chaff blowing in the wind, and uh, we think that's just kind of comes to you. Like it's just maybe I'll wake up one day and I'm going to be that tree, right? Maybe, maybe yeah. there's a time. Maybe you turn fifty and if you've been a Christian long enough, you just become the tree. Uh, but I, yeah, I like how you pointed out the script. That's not what the scripture tells us. It's the man who meditates day and night, like just the the effort that takes there, the the paying of your attention towards the meditation of God's word is what gets you to be that rooted tree. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you can go to other scriptures. So Psalm 46 is another example, uh, mm-hmm. often on like bookmarks, you get that little quote, be still and know that I am God. Uh. Well, the whole idea in that Psalm is that you actually have to focus your mind on who God is. Now, if you do that, what happens is even though mountains are being cast into the sea, you can have this peace. And so, you know, there, there's another thing. It's the stability of Psalm one, but equally, I mean, what person, what, you know, what a mature person with responsibility doesn't long for more peace and a sense of mm-hmm. recognition that God's in control. And again, that's a fruit. It's, it's something that will only be born in our life if, we're directing our attention to God, not on all the circumstances. Because in that Psalm, if you're paying attention to the mountains being cast into the sea, you're going to be terrified. <laughs> um, if every day you wake up and read, you know, Drudge Report and hear about the worst headlines all around the planet, you're going to be terrified. If you think about who God is, you're going to have peace. So what are you paying attention to? That's, you know, it's an important question. That's great. Yeah. That, and uh, what a great word for all of us these days, be still and know that I am God. That is something we struggle with, right? Because we're not set up uh, for things like that because of things like what we're doing right now, Joe. We're, we're, we're recording a podcast and I can guarantee you no one is sitting in a room alone by themselves still listening to this podcast because the, the beauty of podcasts, right, is that you can do it while you're working. You can do it. You can listen to it while you're cutting the grass. You can it's uh, we've opened up all these creative ways for us to never be still and know anything. And so that is something as men, if we want to actually have a meaningful devotional life, we're going to have to be intentional about, we're going to have to be intentional about uh, stewarding our attention that way. Otherwise, don't we fall prey to things like anxiety and worry and fear and all these things that just kind of consume us and can take us over because we're not be still and know that I'm God. Yeah. Yeah. Or just the tyranny of productivity. You know, I mean, you know, the insanity of trying to do a quiet time on your phone where, uh, you know, something's going to beep that reminds you of what you should be doing right now. It's a futile exercise. And yet we do it not realizing that, you know, in that moment, it's not just what we're looking at the word, but it's also the state of mind, you know, our attention. And we've got to put ourselves in a place where we can pay attention to the truth that we're meant to be thinking about. So, uh, you know, yeah, we've got to really be strategic with our attention and just put ourselves in a position where we're free from distraction and free for focused attention. Yeah. All right. So give, let's get practical for a second. Give me something that guys can do now. What, what can guys do to begin to take some ownership here and take some ownership over how to steward their attention today and, and for the future? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, step one is just reappraising its value. Um, if you don't think it's valuable, uh, then you will squander it. If it's just pennies. Um, but yeah. if you're thinking of it in terms of dollars, if you're thinking of it in terms of $20 bills, you know, each of those couple of minutes you're throwing away, uh, then you're going to all of a sudden act differently. So, you know, the step one is always 
recognize the critical significance. Um, and this is why it really is spiritual warfare, this battle for our attention. Uh, now, once you get to that place, okay, I know it's valuable. Now you're asking, so what can I do? Uh, this is where, um, you know, what we often talk about with, with cross training, this, this meditation, it sounds kind of funny, but the difference between say Buddhist meditation and Christian meditation is with Christians, we're not emptying the mind. Yeah. Uh, we're not just, you know, trying to, uh, have a, just an inner calm. We're trying to put something on the mind. You know, we're trying to focus the mind on truth. And so this is where, uh, if we actually develop this discipline of, meditating on the word of God, sitting with it. Um, you know, when we have a few moments going back, chewing on it, this is what's really going to make the difference in men's lives. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's such a constant battle though. I, and I hate to complicate this more, but it's like, so I read another stat that terrified me. Um, and that is uh, that if you are doing some sort of deep work, say you're, maybe you're in your devotion, let's say in the morning, and you're in the middle of reading or memorizing scripture and your phone dings or, you know, you remember X, whatever it is. Uh, all right. There's a study in UC, that came out of UC Irvine. They said that it takes an average of 23 minutes and 15 seconds for you to get back to that deep work that you were doing. Once you mm -hmm. get distracted in some way from a task you're doing at work, if you, if someone comes in, disrupts you, or, you know, you watch some YouTube video or whatever it is that gets you off track, an average of 23 minutes, 15 seconds to come back and I, and just pick up where you left off. I mean, I, that's detrimental. If you want to talk, nobody has even 23 minutes to do a devotion in the morning for the average guy, right? We're not even spending that much time. So when you talk about just getting the, these distractions, it, it can be overwhelming to think about how do we even stay on track? So I don't know any other, I, I, I know that may have been depressing there, but <laughs> I guess any, any other suggestions you would give to guys who are, look, we can identify with that. We're trying, but then we get distracted. And it does, it takes forever to come back and we never actually get back. And I think this is why we've got to prize the start of our day. We've got yeah. to get up early as men, because that is the only time that we won't have those kinds of distractions. And so no matter, you know, if you have young kids, you got to get up before them. If you're able to, you got to get up so that you can really have that moment to really set your mind on what's true. Now through the day, what you can do is remind yourself of what you thought about in the morning. And that's going to come with distraction. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, there's really no other time like the morning. And we've got to recognize that if we're going to be able to, to benefit from, you know, this kind of focused attention that we're talking about. Yeah. I think with that comes, guys, don't be so generous with your attention, right? Yeah. Let's be picky. Let's be picky with where we place our attention. And that ultimately, aren't, aren't we set up uh, for worship, right? Isn't that where we should be trying to aim, pointing our attention to the worship of God? So let's be picky and be intentional about, hey, I'm only going to do social media for this hour of the day. I'm going to be picky. I'm not going to be generous and just let it take over. And uh, I think we got to have some standards like that. Yeah. And this is where to recognize the goal is not just to avoid distraction, but it's actually to have the right kind of attraction that there are things that in a sense, our heart should be gravitating toward. Um, you know, if you put, you take one of the angels, you know, that is in the presence of the glory of God, you can put whatever smartphone and it can make as much noise and the eyes of that angel is not, they're not going to be distracted because they're satisfied with something that's worthy of their being. And uh, now we're in a state of, you know, 
it's difficult in this life, but nonetheless, it's worth aspiring to see and to know God in his glory deeply enough that we're not just afraid of the distraction, but we actually long for the right attraction. And so we're putting our mind on what is going to refine the heart and help it to draw near to what it's made for. And of course, that's God and all of his glory. And again, that's why we want to be doing this. It's worth it because we're going to mature and actually have better passions and loves in life. That's great. Uh, so I've, I've heard this problem before that we struggle with our attention, right? And I've even heard of different solutions over time. But Joe, you have come up with a creative and different type of solution to this problem of men stewarding their attention, something that, that I've never seen before. So I want you to, to tell us what your call to action would be for guys that want to steward their attention well. Yes. So uh, guys are going to hear this immediately think, I don't want to do this, but I think, <laughs> I think they think about it, they will want to do it. So, uh, so we've got a book uh, coming out, Hymn Workouts. And uh, that's a really strange thing to think of a hymn. And when you hear that word hymn, you're thinking of terrible music. Um, you're thinking of an organ droning in the background. Um, and then to think of a workout, how do you put these two things together? But uh, what I would tell guys is, okay, guys, most guys don't like to read. Um, mm -hmm. They don't feel like they have a lot of time to read, but they want the benefit of knowing truth and uh, putting their mind on things that are true. And so how do you do that with not much time? Well, this is where hymns are so powerful. You know, what a hymn is, is it takes truth and it condenses it mm -hmm. and it condenses it into just a few stanzas where every word matters. And if a man will take a classic hymn that's really just profound and filled with uh, beautiful wording, what he can do is he can use it as a script for devotion. And if you just let your mind meditate on a stanza or two of a hymn, honestly, it's like a hit workout for the soul. Mm. It's, a, it's a high intensity activity where you can get a lot of benefit in very little time. And so what I would say is to guys who know they're distracted, but want to be attracted to the right objects, take one of these hymns. We've got a whole lot of them that we can, we can share with guys and just take 15 minutes, think about it, chew on it, you know, put, write it down, put it in your pocket, think about it through the day, but you will find these words will literally be life-giving as a, you set your mind off of politics, off of sport, mm. off of lust, all of the stuff that you're dealing with. Uh, and instead put it on the very most, the most glorious truths that exist. Mm. Yeah, that's great. And just, I will say, add, add as a little personal testimony of having done some of these hymn workouts myself, uh, that this is different than any other approach to a devotion I have taken. Uh, I guess I'd, I'd say, guys, when was the last time that you did a morning devotional? And when you got done, you felt like you just got done doing a workout. You, you don't feel like you just got done napping, almost falling asleep, or you just got done, you know, with just being distracted like that. That's pretty typical. But no, you, you feel like you just exerted your mind in such a way that you feel like you worked out. You exerted your attention, your imagination, all of these things. That's what these hymn workouts do. And so for guys that are interested in approaching a devotional life in a way that will steward your attention well. And yes, I think that call to where are you giving your attention to? That's, that's what these hymns have done for me. So guys, this is what we want you to do. Go to hymnworkouts.com. That's H-Y-M-N. -M. There's probably some guys out there that don't even know what a hymn is. <laughs> so that's, that's okay. This is still for you. Yeah. H-Y-M-N, uh, hymnworkouts.com. And I'll put the link in the show notes. And uh, you'll see 
we have not only links to some of the hymns themselves, but we also have Joe, Joe has some videos on that website, which he kind of walks you through what would it look like to use one of these hymns as a devotional. Uh, so y'all check that out. And then we're going to come back next week. We're going to talk about, again, a way to begin to break through uh, a stale devotional life.